Hey, Pretty Plotty, and welcome to another episode of Pretty Pillow Talk Podcast. I'm Chelsea Yadow, and we're here with the lovely Alana Downey and Joe LaBay. I am so excited because she is both a hairstylist and a PMU artist living and working in Alberta, Canada. Another Canada sister. Also, we are also in the same mentorship program, Pretty Rich Bosses. Shout out to Sheila Bella and our coaches in that program that has really helped me grow a lot. So we are so excited to let you hear her story. Hi, Joe. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. Awesome. So at Pretty Pillow Talk Podcast, we just love empowering women, sharing fun and inspiring stories. And we have um, a great lineup. I have some questions for you and dun, 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 you have a little story for us. Yeah, it's a, it's kind of a weird story. You're a hairstylist as well. As you know, we, you know, everyone needs their hair done. So you get all kinds of people come through your door. So I owned a hair salon. I owned a commercial space for six years and above us, it was kind of a um, two-story building. And above us, there was another business and a gentleman who was just seemed like a really classy guy. He's one of those men that just, you know, he, women swoon over him. He's just a really nice guy. And anyways, so he was our client, longtime client. um, And he unfortunately got laid off for a long time. And so he kind of, he approached me. Uh, at one point and he said Joe I'm kind of down and out I don't have a lot of money but I have a job interview tomorrow is there any way that you could help me out and I said you know what no problem I will cut your hair before every single interview for free I'm a huge believer in paying it forward whatever so we had done that for a few months and he came in uh, one day it was summertime and he was so dark. He was so tanned and I said hey so and so I won't name name names but um, (laughs) you are really, really dark. And so we just kind of chatted and he just said, oh yeah, you know, I have a lot of free time on my hands. And so I just excused myself to go grab towels and capes and all of that to come back. And when I came back, he had taken all of his clothes off. He was completely naked. Oh, I was alone. My God. I was alone in my salon and I kind of just panicked. I was just like, I don't understand what's going on. Like I just, and this is me, like I'm about, I don't know, 32 at this point. So I'm not super young and naive to, right. you know, flirt with just anybody, but I'm, you know, kind of naive to the fact that this ha- stuff like this happens. So right. I was really, really shocked. Um, and what really worried me is that my next client was my son's teacher. Oh my <laughs> God. So I kind of panicked. I was just like, dude, you got to put your clothes on and you need to leave. Like, I can't even, I can't, I can't, no kind of thing yeah it was really strange like I just thought okay this again I was naive because I but I just who does that right like it was did he have did he have any like did you have any inkling that he was into you before do you think he? No, he's married (laughs) yeah that's even worse married um I did his wife's hair a couple times like however however again we all have these people right I the first time I did her hair and you can't even make this up that's the thing you can't the first time I did the first time I did her hair you know you I I, it was just a root touch up and you know you you section the head and you start with you know quadrant a and you work your way around and by the time I was at the third 
quadrant of her head, I had found out that she had been cheating on him with another woman. And like, it, I, I was shocked. <laughs> was like, the things that people yeah. are so comfortable saying while they are in your chair blows my mind. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. Okay. And I just kind of, yeah. And I just sat there and I was like, what do I do with all this information? And over the years, I would bring it home with me and kind of stew over it at night and all of that. But I, that I was just like, Kate, no, this is staying here. I'm not saying a word. I'm just going to get rid of these clients. Absolutely. You How, did you do that? How did you get rid of those clients? So I basically, I mean, at the time I was quite busy. Um, I had about 800 clients at the time. Um, so I was busy. I was packed. It's all I did was work. I worked way too much. Um, so I just made it very difficult. I just told my receptionist to just let them know that I was just always booked all the time. So, and eventually they just kind of gave up, which, but I mean, don't get me wrong. I told him straight at him. I told him, I'm like, I'm not doing your hair anymore. You have crossed the line. You, there's no redeeming this. You need to find a new stylist. So, and all so, yeah. to show you that he had no tan lines. Well, I'm sure there was other motives. Oh, of <laughs> I mean, yeah. Was he like, was he ready to go? Like, you know, no, I mean? no, no. no. Thank God. Thank God. Oh no, it was weird. God. And don't get me wrong. I mean, he was in shape. It was, it wasn't awful to look at for his, you know, he, he's a beautiful man, but man, if my son's teacher would have walked in, dead. You I been don't dead. even know. Well, and my kids go to, I'm French Canadian. My kids go to a French school in a prominent, you know, it's English speaking where I live. So the French community is very small. I did 90% of them as far as clientele goes. Like they all know each other. So it could have been really, really awful for me. <laughs> oh my stars. That blows my mind. Well, I'm <laughs> glad we got the story straight from you because it was, it just, it blew my mind. The audacity for someone to even. Yeah. And, but I mean, I mean, to me, like I might. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't sure how to take it, right? I don't know if it was a compliment because I made my clients feel so comfortable that they would go to this extent. Oh, it's a compliment, or, 100%. Or, it, or I, it worried me. Like, I was like, do I not have boundaries? Like, is this what a lot of people think of me? I'm like, I better figure this out pretty quick here. So, so yeah, so that's the story. Oh, I love it. Thank you for that. That's phenomenal. Well, I want you to tell us a little bit about you. You have a little bit of an interesting story. You have been in the industry, the beauty industry for quite some time, but yeah. you've only been a service provider for less time than you've actually been in the industry. Tell us about that. So my story is kind of strange. I actually got pregnant um, quite young. I was 19 years old and obviously any plans of going to post-secondary kind of was put on hold. So I was raising my kids and then I have a cousin that moved to my city and she was a long time. She had been in the industry for about 15 years and she had a client who was a realtor who had a salon for sale. And my cousin called me. She said, Hey, do you want to come take a look at this with me? And I thought, okay, I'll just come just for fun. Um, at the time, my ex-husband was on a business trip in Europe. He wasn't home and we came home and I just thought, okay, there's my day. I had fun today. And my cousin messaged me the next day. She goes, I think I'm going to buy it. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's fantastic. She goes, but I don't want to do it without you. Oh. And I was like, what? I'm like, but I don't do hair. I've never worked in the beauty industry. I have a lot of hairstylists in my family, but other than that, not really. And I just went, okay. 
So it, this was long before text was popular. So I emailed my ex-husband and I told him I bought a hair salon. <laughs> so, and that oh, was it. <laughs> That's so, incredible. It's nuts. <laughs> so, and nuts. Yeah, but that's, it's in my nature. It's in my nature. I am a huge risk taker. Yeah. Yeah. And people, even now, my boyfriend now thinks I'm absolutely mental with all the things that I'm coming up with and doing and learning and Mm -hmm. all of that. So, but I love it. I, I, I get a high off of it. I love starting new things and projects and working with people. So yeah. So yeah, there you go. (laughs) Absolutely amazing. So how far after buying your first salon, did you decide to go to beauty school? Okay. So here's the thing. I, I wasn't a hairstylist. I wasn't an esthetician. I, I, I did the business side of things. I did the accounting. I did the hiring, firing, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and my cousin's husband worked for the railroad here in Canada. He was in upper management and they get transferred a lot. So I kind of was thinking, I said, you know what, if they get transferred, I have to figure out a way to be able to pay the bills for this space. Right let's say one day all of my stylists leave me. I am literally all by myself. I have to be able to, to survive. So um, two years into it, I decided to go to hair school. So I went and two months after I finished my in-class, he got transferred. Oh my word. Talk wow. about- oh, yeah, I got really lucky. I got really lucky. And I was supposed to apprentice under my cousin, but I had other hairstylists working for me that I could apprentice under, which is crazy. You know, you own the salon and you're the apprentice. It's so weird to say that out loud, but that's what happened. That's exactly how it happened. That is phenomenal. (laughs) And now where, what path has your career taken since then? Uh, 15 years you've been in the industry? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've been a stylist for 15 years and in the beauty industry, I guess for 17, but so I owned the hair salon for about six years and then unfortunately divorce hit. And so things just kind of, I had to reset, start over. And my kids were quite, my youngest was quite little at the time. And I have no family here whatsoever to help. Um, I have a lot of good friends, but I didn't want to rely on them for everything. And my oldest was babysitting all the time. Cause as you know, hairstylists work a lot of evenings and weekends. So Um, so I just decided to, you know what, I'm going to move my clients home. I just started working from home. Um, and it was great, Uh, but of course, you know, all those kind of crazy clients you have to be really careful of. I have to be a lot, I have to be really choosy about who comes into my home. Um, I, I changes when you're home. Exactly. Um, I've also taught cosmetology in a high school as well. Um, and that really, really filled a different side of me that I didn't even know exist. Teaching and educating is, I love it. I absolutely love it. So, so yeah, so I've kind of worked my way through it, um, touching a few different sides of the industry and I, I, I'm still not tired of it. So (laughs) amazing. So who is Joe today? What do you, what inspires you and motivates you be it in the hair industry or PMU or education where, who are you today and what are you doing? So today I am still doing hair. Hair is my main focus. It's what I know. It's just second nature now, right? After a few years, you can almost do it with your eyes closed. Um, My superpower by far is connecting with people and like teaching, being a mentor. So nowadays I'm doing hair. I have also taken a permanent makeup course. So I do do that as well. That's fairly new to me though, uh, but I'm loving it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I'm absolutely loving it. 
Um, but there's another side of me that just kind of, I want to teach. I do want to coach and the business side of things. I think that beauty school doesn't teach new stylists enough Not about enough. the business. Yeah. They don't know how to sell themselves. They don't know how to, you know, like simple accounting, things like that. So I've, I'm also working on that. So a coaching business, but specifically for hairstylists. So that kind of fills my teaching side of things and my actual, you know, working with client fills in, you know, connecting with, with people. So can I ask yeah. you a quick question, Joe? So sure. for me as well, PMU is very new. Um, and it's definitely another skill that we have to master. But as far as education go, I definitely have seen a theme in, in how I feel as far as there's an imbalance in the education, yes. either be, you know, between the teachers and the instructors and the teachees. So, or the people learning like me, mm -hmm. you know, either whether it be lashes or PMU. Coming from a hairstylist background where it's very common to have apprenticeships, mm -hmm. I would like to see that implemented more with the PMU side, even I, business mentorship. What are your thoughts yeah. on that? I couldn't agree more with you. And actually, when I was looking into a permanent makeup course, I just assumed that that, that was part of it, that there would be an apprenticeship afterwards, no. right? No. Right. No, I think it's super important. Hairstyling where I live is the only beauty service that's regulated by the, by our government. Nothing else is so you can be an esthetician. Um, you can be a, you know, a permanent makeup artist. You can do lashes, all of that. You have to be certified obviously, but there's no governing body dictating, you know, rules and regulations and things like that. So, but I'm, I'm happy that I have that from the hairstyle hair side of things, because that's kind of how I, I approach the rest of it. Um, no, I, I think that there has to be, there should be um, apprenticeships and it has to be regulated. I mean, you're, you're, it's mini surgery, basically. Absolutely. You're, yeah, yeah. So, and yeah. It's, it's odd to me as well. You know, I'm strictly a hairstylist. I don't do lashes or, or makeup in any way. But, you know, for me, I can log on to mastersofbalayage.com. I can log on to uh, Jay Latner has a program. All of these big name stylists have these online continued education learning. Um, what would it take in the industry? And this is for both of you, honestly. Uh, where where can we get that? How can we make it known that, hey, listen, permanent makeup artists need this as well. Lash artists need this as well. We need that continued education. Um, I well, well, I think that... The mentorship program that Chelsea and I are a part of, Sheila Bella is president of the AAM. And that is basically, they are moving in that direction um, as far as certification and things like that. Um, but I know that in the States, it's very different from state to state. I think that, yeah, yeah. I think that there, obviously there needs to be leaders in the industry that have to just dive in and just do it. And eventually over time, it'll, it'll change. And yeah, it's hard to find those, those people. Yeah, no, um, to answer your question, I think it starts here where we talk yeah. about it because I know there are a lot of women making a lot of money selling two to three day courses to beginners. And there's a place for those courses, but I feel like lashing and permanent makeup is such a detailed, mm -hmm. at times high risk, application of your craft mm -hmm. that you truly do need to sit there a teacher someone to watch you and look look after you and yes it does vary from state to state as far as as far as 
what the laws are. Mm -hmm. um, and like in Texas, they finally, I mean, they have previously made lashes its own modality. So oh, okay. we regulate it there. And I'm trying to work with our DCCA and go to meetings and see how plausible it is to get lashes as a its own modality here. So yeah. as long as we keep discussing the idea that, hey, there's an imbalance in our systems mm -hmm. and it's putting out bad lash artists, it's putting out bad tattoo artists because they are not getting the proper support that they need to succeed, yet they're spending mm -hmm. thousands of dollars on the education that they do get for a certificate that doesn't even mm -hmm. give them a license to practice, which makes them very dangerous. <laughs> I, I could agree more. It puts clients at such high risk. It's crazy. In fact, at least in, at least in like where I live, um, the health agency of our province, um, in order to be able to work, they do come inspect, but you have to have a business license to do that. And I know that there's a lot of basement buddies that just kind of, you know, I work from home, but I am certified. I have a business license. It's, it's all set up properly. So, um, you know, to be approved by the health board, um, is important where I live, uh, but so many people are functioning without it, unfortunately. Right. And I believe mm -hmm. that, you know, Chelsea hit the nail right on the head. There needs to be an awareness. There needs to be more people, you know, like I know that Chelsea has this um, from our background and now learning this about you, there is this love for education, mm -hmm. for pure, genuine betterment of others around you, expecting nothing in return. Yeah. And for so many years, the beauty industry was so, uh, uh, you know, Daddy. <laughs> yeah, it really it was off. and just cutthroat industry no one would share no one would teach and now within the beauty industry you know we have these names like ryan whedon of masters of balayage guy tang of my identity mm -hmm. who uh so freely give of themselves and it's inspiring and you know i'm with you joe i i want more and i think yeah. that more is the giving of myself my 15 years in this industry what have I learned behind the chair that they didn't teach me in school that mm -hmm. I can give to others, that I yeah. can show to others? And I think that if enough PMU and lash artists stand up and make a statement, listen, this, this is bigger than me. I want to give of myself to the next generation or my generation who didn't have enough. What can I give? I think that the industry will, will take a turn for the better. So that's phenomenal that, that you have that heart and um, hopefully people hearing that will spark something within them and they'll want to, to help others around as well. I just feel like it's just the only way to do it, right? Why not just grow together instead of, yeah. you know, and finding shortcuts and collaborating instead of just trying to claw your way to the top and tripping a million times and then having to get back up again. When you have that support, it's just so much easier, so much easier. It I, is. That's. I think that that is why I love Pretty Rich Bosses mentorship so much is because I get to meet people who are from all over the country, all over the world, really, and gain knowledge from them and share mm -hmm. interesting tips and tricks and, oh, you do this and what is it like in your area of the world? And I'm like mm -hmm. you, I, I love to get to know to people and start new projects, hence the podcast, but yeah, Definitely to speak to what we were talking about, the education, there is an imbalance and um, Untamed Artistry, she's Cheryl, she definitely has started that conversation 
And mm-hmm. people may come for us and say, look, why are you trying to mess up our systems and what's in place now? Because it could be better. It could be better. That's it. Because okay. right now it sucks. <laughs> I feel like I owe it to the girls coming up behind us, you know, because we want lashes to stick around because then everybody eats, right? Yeah. We want Absolutely. lashes to make a lot of money so that everybody makes money. When we enter a scarcity mindset, we close ourselves off to opportunity and growth. And that's just not something that I'm interested in. Yep. Yep. You know? Absolutely. And the more you align yourself with people who think like you, the faster you get there. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I remember growing up, my mom used to always tell me birds of a feather flock together and it blew <laughs> my mind. I hated hearing it, mom. I know, I know, but it's so true. When you surround yourself with like-minded people, it's, it's amazing how far you can go. It really mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Um, that being said, what, what advice would you have? Um, you know, what piece Joe today what do you wish that you had known or uh, what could you give to your younger self, to the future generation that was not given to you that you wish you had known back then? Um, I think for me, to be honest, you know, you, if you go to hair school or whatever course you're taking when you're working one-on-one with people and you're touching them, they tend to open up to you. And I think, well, what I, what I would tell myself is don't, just think that you're going to pay your tuition and then you're good to go. You need to invest in yourself. You need, and I don't mean just technical, the technical side of things. You'll learn that. You can learn that on YouTube and all of that, but you need to invest in yourself. I waited a very long time before I did that. I raised my kids. My youngest is 16. My oldest is 22. I waited a long time before I put myself first. And had I known now or then what I know now, of course, I would have done it so much sooner. Find a mentor that's willing to share, um, that's willing to support you um, and don't wait to do it. I, it. We're all terrified. I don't care what level you're at. I don't care how successful you are. If it's something you've never done before, you're terrified. You're terrified to do it. So whether, yeah, whether it's the beginning of your career or you know the middle or the end, find someone who's done it before and they'll show you the shortcuts can i say like angelica you know angelica like you were saying oh, yes. before that's incredible <laughs> crazy hey at beautyco.pr um seeing all these girls so i'm an older mom as well and mm-hmm. i've waited a long time to start my own career uh till i felt yeah. my kids were a little bit older and i could pull back just a smidge um mm-hmm. Finding that balance of work versus mom life brings a lot mm-hmm. of mom guilt. So when I see these youngins coming up, making six figures in their twenties, it's, it's amazing. Do you see that in hair as much? Cause I see it in lashes and PMU a lot. Um, I, I not, well, I find in hair, you either have one or the other. There's kind of not really an in-between there's a where I live anyway and where who I'm surrounded with I find hairstylists tend to um almost discount emotionally discount because you get to know your clients and they come to you regularly it's not like PMU where they come you know once a year once every six months or whatever they come to you every three weeks every five weeks every six weeks so you really really get to know them and you connect with them um but yeah no it's it's you're, I'm starting to see it more and more, um, but definitely I would love to see all these new stylists just 
you know, fresh out of the gate, just feel confident in what they're doing. So. Absolutely. And I, I believe that, you know, going that route with the mentorship, with an apprenticeship, that is, that's what I would give Mm -hmm. to any young hairstylist, especially maybe not so much makeup since I'm not, you know, in the last year PMU world, Mm -hmm. but I see having managed salons, owned a salon, I'm about to move back into salon ownership. I would not be who I am without mixing color for a stylist, without holding foils Mm -hmm. for a stylist, without answering phones and adjusting someone's book. All of these things along the way taught me to be the leader that I am, the hairstylist that I am. Mm -hmm. And there are so many people who you can tell the ones that have put in the time and started answering phones and worked their way up to, uh, you know, assisting and then being the stylist, being the manager, being the owner versus someone who was just thrown in, thinks they know everything. Those are the ones that, you know, they hit the ground running hard and then tend to back up a little bit or, you know, they're, they're not quite sure where to go. And that's, that's what I would probably give. Mm-hmm. Um, is take advantage of someone who wants to teach you and genuinely wants you to become the best version of you. Um, And and, Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, and be teachable. Don't resist it. Just absorb it. Amen. Mm -hmm. That works. We have um, in Hawaii been affected quite a bit with the, the lockdowns and the restrictions set with COVID-19, where have you found yourself there in Alberta? Uh, you know what? I, I'm one of the lucky ones because I do work from home. So mm-hmm. I don't have as much overhead, obviously. Um, so I don't, you know, the commercial space and the rent and all that stuff. I don't have any employees that I have to, you know, cover their, their wages and things like that. So but I do have a lot of friends. Um, we were shut down um, way back in March for almost three months. Um, wow. And then just recently, right before Christmas, busiest time of year, we were booked solid, just seeing the, the light at the end of the tunnel. We got shut down again for five weeks. Mm-hmm. So like I said, for me, I, I'm okay. I, but yeah, I have a lot of friends who have lost their businesses completely. They've lost their houses. They've had to move in, you know, move back in with their parents. But I mean, they're resilient. They'll come back. They'll come back. So absolutely. Well, that's good to hear. I'm glad you came out fairly. unscathed. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And always our thoughts and prayers to those who have been so adversely affected by this Mm -hmm. and, you know, who've lost their, their livelihood, their, you know, their income, their housing, Mm -hmm. their businesses in general, that is going to be a hard thing to come back from. I want you to tell us something, whether it be a little story, funny or inspiring, um, just something to send our listeners away with at the end of our podcast. Um, I think honestly, whatever, whatever industry you're in, I feel like if you are in this industry, you are prone to criticism, whether it's from clients, people around you. I know that hairstyling in my family, we do have a lot of hairstylists, but we also have a lot of really highly educated people, corporate people in my family. So hairstyling for whatever reason, I don't know if it's like this where you live, but where I am, it's frowned upon a little bit. Um, Be proud of what you do and just rock it, do your best um, and you'll shine. Like you'll attract what you put out. Amen. So, That's yeah. the truth. Yeah. That is fantastic. 
Well, Joe, how can our listeners follow you and be a part of what you are putting together on Instagram? Because you do have um, a bit of a following and a bit of a service that you have on Instagram. Tell us about that and how can we find you? Well, my Instagram handle is stylist.s.o.s. So stylist.s.o.s. Um, and it's basically a mentorship program for hairstylists. So I, it says it in my bio. It's what beauty school didn't teach you. Um, I, you know, I'm structuring, I'm developing a course um, to help hairstylists just grow in their industry and actually charge and actually make money um, where I live you know, um, poverty, poverty level is I think 26,000. The average hairstylist here makes about $30,000 a year. So yeah, right. It's not, it's, it's hard for hairstylists. So I just want them to, to see the value in it and to actually step into their light, I guess I should say, and just push them to just be their best and just to value themselves, right. Your net your net worth is your self-worth. It sounds cheesy, but it's so true. It is. Absolutely. So. It is. Well, Joe, we appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for being here today. We love so you. Fun. Can't wait to talk to you again. I'm sure you have a million great stories for us. So <laughs> yes. This is not the last you are hearing of Joe. We will absolutely have her on again. So if you have any questions for Joe, or if you'd like to contact her, um, we will absolutely stick her um, handle on our Instagram page at Pretty Pill Talk Podcast. And we can't wait to talk to you again next week. We love you, Thank Pretty Posse. Thank, Thank you. you. Have a great day.